Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Harland Highway. Great to have you aboard for another startling podcast. Why is it startling? I don't know. I just thought it was a catchy word and it would hook you in. Um, it's the award show season, folks, so we're going to be getting into that. We're going to be talking about all the endless award shows um, that go on. And then more important than that, we're going to get to your mailbag, right? You know how I get you guys to write me letters at harlanwilliams.com? Well, today we're going to read some of your mail, go over it, talk about it, discuss It's going to be fun. Thank you in advance for those letters. Uh, We're going to be discussing cruise ships. Have you ever been on a cruise out on the ocean? Not my favorite thing. I'll be talking about that. And then something else that isn't my favorite thing, uh, hunting. Some guy shot some zebra in California. Huh? There's zebra in California? We'll get to that story. Pretty ridiculous. And then a celebrity is going to drop by and sing some karaoke music for us today. I won't give it away. It's going to be fun. It's going to be hip. It's going to be cool. I can't wait. But then, isn't it always that way? Right here on the Harland Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. <laughs> Man, keep it going. Love the show. You're hilarious. My blanket, my blue blanket. Give me my blue blanket. Fasten your seatbelt. You're riding down the Harland Highway. It's the Harland Highway. Have you checked the children? Guess what time of year it is, folks? It's like that crazy time of year they call award season. You know where all the uh, the uh, actors and actresses and uh, theater people get on TV and stroke themselves? I mean, remember the old days when it was just the Oscars and the real movie stars came out, the legitimate stars, the uh, Gregory Pecks and the uh, Orson Welles and the Henry Fondas and the Cagneys and the Marilyn Monroes and you know what I'm talking about. That was it. And now they got all these award shows. First, they got the Oscars, where, you know, I'd say a quarter of the stars in the Oscars are still big stars. I mean, you got your Tom Hanks, your Sean Penns, your Nicholson's still around. You know, but there's a lot of them that are kind of, I don't know, they came off of a TV show or they're from Saturday Night Live or, I mean, come on. But then we got the Golden Globe Awards, we got the uh, ESPY Awards, we got the MTV Awards, we got the People's Choice Awards, we got, uh, I mean, what is there, should we have an award for uh, my the janitor who works in my building? There's just too many award shows. There should just be one big award show. Best actor, best actress, best movie. Best video star, best football catch of the year, best Golden Globes, if you're so endowed. Here's your awards. Now leave us alone for the rest of the year. Don't you know we're busy? 
We're busy listening to the award-winning Harland Highway. Hello! <laughs> it's Harlan Williams. Heavens to Murgatroyd! Let's see what the mail bringer even. <laughs> Yes, it's that time again, boys and girls, to get to some of your mail that you've been sending in, your listener mail. I haven't forgotten it. You can write to me at uh, harlemwilliams.com, and let's get right into it. This first uh, email to the Harland Highway, quite interesting. It's from Herschel, and it says, Hello, Harland. My name is Herschel. I live in Cincinnati. Also, I am a robot. Bleep blorp. Bip bop, I have processed your comedy in my computer after downloading your podcast to my hard drive and have calculated that you are a funny man. I eat motor oil and nuts and bolts because I am a robot. Beep blorp. Well, all I can say to that is... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Herschel. You, you know, no one else knows, but you, you know. All right, let's let's move along here. Let's grab another letter. Here's one from uh, Jordan. Okay, Jordan says, Harland, love the highway. Makes a boring day at work go by so much faster. I always look forward to getting into work and throwing on the headphones. Uh, P.S. Cinnamon Boy makes my nutsack tingle with joy. I need to hear more from that young man. <laughs> okay, I'll make sure we get more uh, Cinnamon Boy up here in the future. Got to keep uh, Jordan's nutsack tingling. Let's move along to your letters. Let's see. Here's a letter from Lucy Neville. New Lucy Neville writes, You made my night, Mr. Williams. All alone and high, I was feeling pretty down in the dumps. Half-baked came came on BET, and it put a huge smile on my face. You should come to Wacoogian, Illinois. I know I didn't say that right. Wacoogian, I don't know, some funny little town in Illinois, and hang out for my birthday. You are really just plain awesome, right up there with Pee Wee Herman and Jurassic Park. <laughs> wow, I'm somewhere in between a guy that never got over being a demented schoolboy and a, a flesh-eating, monster-sized predator. Love it. I always knew I was right up there with Jurassic Park. All right, enough of this self, self-doting. Let's move on. Here is a letter from Leah M. No last name, just Leah M. Uh, Subject, swearing, cussing, and stuff. Okay. Dear Harland, 
Although I have been a fan for years, I'm fairly new to your podcast. I am not a prude or religious or have a problem with profanity, but I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate your podcast being swear-free, at least the ones I have listened to so far. I recently drove across the state of North Carolina and was able to have your podcast playing in the minivan with the kids, no problem, except for the part about Charles Manson. We had to speed through that one. But like I said, I don't usually have a problem with swearing, but it seems to me that for those truly funny or talented, they don't need to use it. And that's not just me blowing smoke up your fucking ass. She forced me to swear. She had to write that right at the end. Then it says, thanks, Leah M. Well, you got me. You got me there. And uh, thank you for that letter, Leah, because I do go out of my way uh, to keep it clean. I, I know that might not be the trendy thing to do or the hip thing to do, but, you know, I agree with you. I, I, I think, uh, I think uh, too much profanity, too much swearing, I don't know. It, it just... Uh, I don't know that you need it, and and not to say I don't use it, because if you ever listen to uh, when Dr. Debbie Timer comes on the show, you know, the life coach character uh, that comes in for a visit now and then, she swears her ass off, okay? She's she's got truck driver mouth, but I'd say 99.9% of the Harlan Highway, we try to keep it clean, um, just have fun. And uh, I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm glad your kids can listen to it. I'm glad your parents can hear it. And, uh, again, thank you for tricking me into swearing right at the end of your email. And on that note, let's move along. All right, here's a letter from Veronica Rossi. Dear, dear Harland. Hi, Harland. I I still love your show, but you mixed two words together. You said ambiguous, a cross between ambiguous and ubiquitous. Get it right. You need a smart, hot girlfriend like me. (laughs) Well, hell, man, if if all I got to do to get a hot, smart girlfriend is uh, not talk with words right and stuff like, then I'm like talking not good for purpose on for real like. But yes, on a serious note, you got me. I do tend to do that sometimes. Every Everything here is non-scripted. I literally make it up as I go. It's very, very rare that I write anything down, even when I'm doing the skits and the characters, and it's usually just a one take. And so sometimes in the heat of, of me motoring away at a million miles an hour, I, I mix my words up or I stumble on a word, but... I like the purity. I like the purity of just going for broke and not going back and fixing things. And uh, so if you do hear a little uh, faux pas now and then, Veronica Rossi, uh, it's because I'm just I'm just going a million miles an hour down the highway. Okay, let's to the next letter get we. All right, what do we got here? This is from Jacob M. Jacob M., okay? Uh, The subject is music. Uh, Big fan, just wanted to say that a while back on your podcast, you had Mr. Magoo singing You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC, and I have to say that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. 
I think there should be a Mr. Magoo karaoke session on the podcast. Thanks. Keep on keeping on, sir. Well, Jacob, that is a very, very funny idea. And I think you're right. And maybe later in today's podcast, we can get Mr. Magoo to come out and sing some karaoke. Thank you for that letter. Let's take one more, and then we'll fold up the uh, the old airbag. <laughs> See, I just did it. I just did it, Veronica Mossy, or whatever your name is. I just screwed up. Instead of mailbag, I said airbag. Am I going to go back and change it? Will I edit it out? No. I'm keeping it real in the deal. Let's get to one more letter, and then we'll we'll fold it all up until the next time. Here we go. This uh, this letter is from John, and John's subject is murder. Hmm, okay, comment. Nice job with Murder of Crows. My favorite group name is Parliament of Owls. Ah, nice, nice get, John. Uh, I don't know if you folks remember uh, a while back I did a a whole segment on uh, when you get a flock of crows, it's not called a flock, it's called a murder of crows. Just like a herd of deer or a pot of whales, it's a murder of crows. And uh, I guess John dug that segment, and he topped me, I guess, uh, when a bunch of owls get together. It's called a Parliament of Owls. And I guess that's how they govern the country over in the U.K. and in, uh, in merry old England. A bunch of owls sit around the House of Parliament and hoo at each other. I say, Madam Speaker, hoo, hoo. Well, I say to you, good sir, hoo, 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 hoo. And I retort with a large, healthy... Excellent. Let's break for lunch and go and swoop for some mice. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. It's time to close up the mailbag here on the Harland Highway. Keep your letters coming. HarlandWilliams.com. Look forward to hearing your thoughts. And uh, we'll get to some more as time goes on. On the Harland Highway. Another letter from our listeners Hey, it's Harlan Williams cruising down the Harland Highway with you. And speaking of cruising, I went on one, man, and it is a weird sensation. You know what I'm talking about, the Carnival Cruise Lines or the uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines or, you know, one of those giant boats, you know, one of those boats that's the the size of, like, uh, the Empire State Building laying down in the middle of the ocean, tossing around in the ocean. Imagine you were at a mall and somehow the mall got transported onto the top of the ocean and you were floating across from uh, California to Hawaii in a mall. Minus the parking lot. (laughs) And you're just in there with all these mall people. Spandex and shorts and flip-flops and Hawaiian shirts and sunburns. I mean, that's what these big cruise boats are, man. They're, They're like floating malls. They got casinos in them and they got restaurants and they got stores and they got bars and they got lounges and they got card rooms, and they got buffets, and they got swimming pools. It's bizarre, man. It's a floating mall. 
The only difference is in a mall, you pass people, that's the last time you ever have to see them. You get on a cruise, man. Oh, hi again. Uh, don't have anything to say. It's the if, uh, day five, and I've already talked to you, and I've talked to you, and you, and you. I got nothing to say to you, and oh, God, here comes that other person. Uh, you know, you're just trapped. It's a bizarre sensation, man. I guess if you get go too crazy, you can just jump over the side. <laughs> Can't do that at a mall. Oh my god, there's not enough sales in here. Oh my god, the pottery barn's all out of plates. Oh, I'm jumping. I'm gonna jump. <laughs> I guess when you're in a mall, there's no no fear of hitting an iceberg or getting rammed by a whale. Girl, hold on, everybody. Macy's has been hit. Hold on. They're attacking J.C. Penney's. Hey, everybody, starboard bound. Oh, man. Don't get mall sick, do you? You'd seasick. I don't know. I've never never gotten queasy and thrown up over the side of a mall. Although I'd like to. Some of the people you see wandering around there at the food court. Oh my god, he just had another Arby's and a dozen donuts. Look at that disgusting slob. Land ho. Highway ho. Well, here's something if you don't want to go on a cruise, you can just do from wherever you are. I want to I want to mention another uh, podcast. Uh, I want to give a little endorsement to another podcast that's out there in the podcast world. And this is for those of you that are dog lovers. Um, there's a podcast out there called, uh, and this thing's all about dogs. It's called uh, Deb Nab, the Mutt Matcher. Uh, Deb is the host of the show. And uh, you can uh, download the podcast at uh, Deb's website. It's uh, themuttmatcher.com. You can also find it on iTunes. And it's a show all about dogs and uh, people being interviewed about their dogs and dog advice and dog do's and don'ts and dog do-do's and dog don't-don'ts. Um, one of them you don't want in your house. The other one you probably don't want in your house either. Um and uh, if you live in the Denver area, you can actually listen on Sundays at 4 p.m. on Denver's talk station, 630 KHOW. And uh, you, can, uh, you can check out uh, the Mutt Matcher. And there's training tips and there's all kinds of stuff. Um, you can even go on YouTube and watch the Mutt Matcher Minute. And uh, you can catch some of Deb's uh, training tips on there. So... Just a little food for thought. I know a lot of you folks uh, listening love your animals, love your dogs. And uh, this is a great little uh, podcast that I know you'll enjoy and uh, get some good old-fashioned learnings and entertainment from. The, much ma- the uh, Mutt Matcher um, at themuttmatcher.com. And speaking of animals, oh, you know, some people are just dip craps. When it comes to animals, there was a story in the paper. I don't know if you caught this or not, but uh, the William Randolph Hearst Mansion is uh, is north of Los Angeles. It's I don't know. It's a good hour, hour and a half drive. You get out of Los Angeles, you get up past Santa Barbara, 
and the coastline just kind of opens up. I think most people think that uh, the coast of California is like Florida. It's all condos and townhouses and high-rises. Well, it's not. Once you get kind of past Santa Barbara, it really opens up, and it's, it's almost pretty much farmland and rugged coastline and... It's almost pretty damn empty all the way up there, all the way to San Francisco. It's quite a beautiful drive. But anyways, William Randolph Hearst was a huge uh, newspaper mogul back in the day. The uh, The movie Citizen Kane was kind of based on his life loosely or not so loosely, as Orson Welles found out when the uh, movie came out. Uh, Hearst tried to block the release of the movie because he thought it was insulting because it was you know, secretly about him. But anyways, this guy was one of the first huge power money guys in the United States. He made a killing in the uh, publishing industry, newspapers, and uh, just sick, mad money. So what he did is he bought this giant plot of land. I think it's something like, uh, you know, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 acres or something of coastline. Okay, up up where I was describing in uh, in California here. And he built this incredible, gigantic mansion. Um, And this thing is filled with gold and antiques and artwork. And it's huge and it's very remote. And to add to the uh, kind of the ambiance to this exotic uh, dwelling, um, Hearst imported uh, a whole bunch of wild animals from Africa. He brought in uh, herds of giraffe and zebra and antelope and monkeys and parrots and a whole menagerie of of, uh, incredible uh, wild animals. And uh, I think he had camels and you name it. He had it out there. And and as the years went on, you know, they, you know, Randolph Hearst gave up the uh, the mansion. He uh, he signed it over to the state. And now it's a huge tourist attraction. I think it attracts something like three or four million visitors a year, some huge number. And you can tour this place, this magnificent place, and uh, it, it's it's quite amazing. But what happened is they really couldn't keep all the animals together. So uh, over the years, they dwindled down, and there's a few few animals left, but most of those being zebra. There's a bunch of zebra that still roam around in the fields or around uh, the Hearst Castle there. And uh, and and they're contained. I mean, they're fenced in. But every now and then, the zebras wander off and get onto neighboring ranch land. And this happened just recently. Here's where the story kicks in. And it, it turns out three zebras kind of went beyond their boundaries, and they strayed quite innocently onto the neighbor's ranch land. And the neighbor, being the dipwad that he is, pulled out his rifle and shot two of them. Okay, and then it turns out another neighbor who he'd been talking to had a zebra go on his land, and he shot that one. So three beautiful zebras shot, and when we they asked this guy why he did it, he said, oh, they, they were predators on his land. They're dangerous. They're wild animals. I mean, hello, do you know anyone who's recently been mauled to death by a zebra? I wasn't aware zebras were predators. I've never seen a zebra stalking through the underbrush and pulling down a deer and eating its flesh. They're grazers, you dumbass. 
They're not that much different from your stupid cows and your horses. So here's the real kicker. This guy, uh, it turns out, not only did he shoot them, but both these ranch guys, it turns out, um, took the each each of them took a carcass to a taxidermy place and got a rug made out of the zebras. Now, doesn't that call into question the whole "I had a predator on my land"? I mean, it's just ridiculous. And you know what the real underlying thing is, right? That that that's like a trophy zebra. If that if that was a zebra that wandered off from the zoo or whatever, or it was a rogue zebra that somehow was flukily on his land, he wouldn't have shot it. He wants to be one of those guys that goes, you, you see that there, that, that striped rug on my floor right there in my cabin? Yeah, that's, that, that's one of William Randolph Hearst's uh, zebras. Shot that myself. Yeah, it's a top predator. It was It was charging at me with its fangs out and its claws and I probably had about five seconds to live before it was on my throat. But I had my wits about me that day, and I wasn't drinking my moonshine, and I put some lead right between its eyes. That's one zebra that'll never take the life of another innocent citizen. And now I have that carpet right there in front of my fireplace so I can eat my catfish, drink my whiskey, and make love to my toothless woman. I mean, good Lord, you know the guy just wanted bragging rights. I mean, how incredible is that, that that a beautiful species of animal, not even native to North America, and you have to admit, zebras are stunning. I mean, just the incredible patterns that nature has provided on their coats. They're mesmerizing. They're just they're just beautiful animals. Right to right to the, the their manes. If you study a zebra's mane, you'll see even the hair in its mane is segregated. It goes black, white, black, white, black, white. It stands up straight. I mean, just the patterns that form around their eyes and down their snout and just spectacular specimens, you know, some of nature's finest. And this dumbass, instead of going, my God, I have a zebra on my property. What a royal treat. Just... How many other ranchers can say they have zebra on their property? I certainly can. I certainly have bragging rights. Isn't that enough? But this dipwad had to go out and shoot this poor innocent animal for eating some of its grass on his 7,000-acre ranch? Well, that's that's about 40 blades of grass, that little bastard ate. And that'll be the last 40 ever each, too. <laughs> oh, people. Can't you be better to your critters? The only thing that can kind of take the edge off of this sad story is maybe some music. Maybe some karaoke music. Maybe some Mr. Magoo karaoke music. Mr. Magoo, would you be willing to sing some karaoke for us, sir? Oh, oh, yes, sir. Absolutely. What would you like me to sing, sir? Well, since we're talking about ranchers and horses and zebras, how about uh, that song by America, Horse With No Name? Oh, oh yes. Bring it on. Oh, oh uh, horse. 
with no name. Sure. La, 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 sir. La, oh, oh, la, la, oh, oh, my goo. La, 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 la. After two days in the desert sun, my skin began to turn red. After three days in the desert sun, I was looking at a riverbed. Oh, my goo. Oh, you see, I've been through the desert on a horse with no name, sir. It felt good to be out of the rain. In the desert, you can't remember your name. Because there ain't no one, sir, to give you no pain, sir. La, 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 la. La, la, oh, oh my goo, <laughs> you've la la it again, sir. La. Oh, God. All right, there you go. Oh, Mr. Magoo, karaokeing a American rock classic. Horse with no name, zebra with no skin. Um, hope you had a good time here today. Uh, loved having you here. Um, wow, whether you're on a horse or you're on foot or you're in your uh, spaceship, whatever it is, keep on uh, wailing down the Harland Highway with me. Um, tell your friends about us. Don't forget you can uh, send letters to me at uh, harlandwilliams.com. Or if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call us at 888-500-2090, 888 500 2090. Uh, hope you had fun here today. I know I did. And until next time, as I dismount from my horse with no name, Chicken Chow Maine.